0: What's better than this? Guys being dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast. It's Joe Marino, Kyle Krabs, and Chris Schubert from the Draft Network. And we are your hosts here on this Tuesday episode of the show. Big week of football ahead. Head on over to Bet Online. It is the number one spot for all your sports action. They've got pro and college hoops, all the football, NHL, boxing, UFC, even those Vegas casino games. And they got a newly updated website that you need to check out. And if you do, and you sign up today, you'll get a fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use our promo code Believe Fifty. That's B L E A V five zero. Bet online is where the game starts. Kyle, what's up, man?
1: I wasn't sure we were gonna get here. To be honest with you,
0: <laughs> I I would agree. I would agree.
1: So. Yeah, we had some technical difficulties in the the intro wait, process wait, of recording. Wait a minute, today.
2: wait a minute. They are not technical not, difficulties. That's not what they were.
1: Somebody call Spade. We had a hard time getting through the intro. Joe's fighting through some allergies, but no excuses. He's playing like a champion today on the podcast. Is that not correct? Is that not an accurate statement? You're here. We did it. We're on the horse and we're off and rolling.
0: I went to my wife yesterday and I said. I, I feel completely fine. Um, I don't have a cough. I don't have like a runny nose. I don't have a fever. I feel completely fine, but my eyes are watering and my throat's a little bit sore and I feel a little bit congested. And she goes, welcome to allergies. And I got to be honest, I made it like 35 years without allergies being a thing for this me. This is a
1: new thing for you,
0: bro. Not a fan, not a fan. Took a, and, sucks, and if anyone's definitely. wondering, took a COVID test. Negative, right? Don't have COVID. This is my first bout with allergies, and I'm I'm just not a fan of this.
1: Yeah. It's um yeah. Do you get migraines yet too?
0: Oh no, this is like we're like two days in. No, I all the time. Yeah, does no, that come I'm, not ta-
1: in? I'm not talking about allergy migraines. I don't think that's oh. a thing. Just in general. <laughs> have you ever had like a legitimate no. migraine?
0: I had what's called a tension headache one time, and that wasn't that wasn't oh. great. Yeah, it wasn't great. Those are the worst. Yeah, but I've never had a migraine. It was a one-time th- thing this tension headache and it was like at a time in my life where I had a lot of very stressful things going on.
1: But So I I remember as a kid like my mom would always get these migraines like once or once every month or so and she'd mm. be like I got to go lay down, like see you tomorrow kids, like best of luck. <laughs> and I was just like, man, like it's just a headache. Like how bad can it be? 2 years ago I got my first legitimate migraine. And I was like, my head is going to split open here in the living room. So just wait. You know, I, oh I made it almost 30 years before I got my first migraine. So you making it thir- almost 35 without allergies, I'm hoping you never have to experience oh. a boy that is legitimate migraines because they suck.
0: Well, thank you, Rooting, for not having that and uh, for these allergies to pass. I'm guessing a trip to Buffalo this weekend would not be great for my allergies, but that's that's what's happening. But... Okay. Anyways, cool, we're here cool, cool. to talk rookies and rookie report card and talk about Analogies. some of these prominent storylines. And man, I think if you start this conversation with the quarterbacks, there's two really interesting things to get into. The first one being, you know, Davis Mills going out and passing for over 300 yards, didn't throw an interception. I mean, I think he played well for Houston this week. And I think the key thing there is that they've committed to him as the starter the rest of the way, which feels like an extremely obvious decision based on where that team's at. Um, Tyrod Taylor just doesn't really offer much in terms of of a long-term answer, and so you might as well give him this opportunity to showcase what he can be as you navigate the rising quarterback class and you know weigh them against Davis Mills and what you've learned about him and you know, plan for the future of of the Houston Texans, and so I think Mills is has held his head above water more this season than I think a lot of people maybe expected based on him having a very limited resume in college, and let's face it, a very terrible supporting cast with the Houston Texans, and so I think when you when you consider all of that, I, I impressed might be a stretch, but he's exceeded my expectations.
1: Well, I think that's. That's the big thing for me is you could see that Davis Mills had potential, but it's the fact that you went into an environment in Houston where there was not a lot of reasons to feel good about what this season was going to look like. And, of course, from a record perspective, that would seem to continue to be the case, right? The Texans are terrible. They're one of the three worst teams in football. They play Jacksonville this week, which will be a fun clash uh, for draft-leveraging purposes. Uh, But, yeah, Davis Mills uh, played respectably well and uh that that's all you could possibly hope for for a young quarterback when you're in the midst of trying to figure out what the path of your franchise is going to be and I don't know that I would allow Davis Mills to convince me to not make a move for a, a more high ceiling player but at the same time I don't know that the value of drafting one in the top 3 is going to be there for Houston this year in which case okay you know you, you ride the train and you you figure out uh, what you have in Davis Mills, you draft good players and and potential for Deshaun Watson to get traded and load up on assets, and now all of a sudden there's there's not a lot of guys across the league you couldn't touch if you didn't want. Um, so, yeah, this, this is good news for Houston uh, as we we did their Levy Grail last week, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, they, they, if David, Davis Mills continues to play well. Go ahead and tack that onto the list.
0: Yeah, it's a good good way to put it. And I think when you... Like you said, Kyle, they're they're picking the top three. And we like some of the, the guys at the top of this draft class that aren't quarterbacks. And so reaching for that quarterback and not picking one of those blue chippers, you know, feels like a miscalculation, especially when I anticipate them having a, you know, another first round pick, if they're able to clear things up with Deshaun Watson and and you know, have another crack at in the first round, that might be the better chance to get a quarterback if you like right. one. Right. So
1: I would um I would love to hear what Chris has to say about Zach Wilson's performance because yes. I honestly did not see a lot of the game. Uh I know they they played the Saints this weekend and uh Zach 19 of 42, 45% completion percentage, 202 yards passing, no interceptions. Chris, what happened? How what did yeah. you think? Were you encouraged? Not encouraged, what?
2: So I've been extremely level-headed on this, and I think both of you guys can attest to this. You've seen me talk about this, not when we're in front of podcast microphones, when I talk about Zach Wilson. And I I just try to remain calm and be like, let's let let the process play out. I'm not going to anoint him the franchise savior after year one, but I'm also not going to give up on the kid after year one. This This is a process. We're building something here. Give it time. And I thought last week was his best game against Philadelphia. I thought that was the best he had played all year. He, he just felt comfortable. Uh, he was seeing the field well. He was taking what was in front of him. He was making good throws, stepping up in the pocket, doing all of the things that I think we all thought he could do. And then this week was a step backwards. But I also would warn everybody to not read too much into what happened because he was down his top two pass catching options. He didn't have Corey Davis or Elijah Moore. And he was also down his top two running back options because Michael Carter wasn't around and Tevin Coleman wasn't around either. So it's one of those things where how much of an evaluation can I make on somebody when he doesn't have all of the options that this team is trying to build around him with? Yes, Kyle.
1: I would like to confirm that all four of those players are out this week as well. Is that correct?
2: I believe they are. I have not, uh, I have not checked on this, but I, 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 Corey Davis is not going to participate uh, for a while. Uh, I do not believe you're going to see Michael Carter as well, so you should be fine this week. Kyle. And Elijah Moore's Moore's on our, uh, IR. Yeah, so he's got to miss at least another two weeks, I believe. Okay. So yeah, you, you, you're you good this week. But again, it, it's one of those things where it's like take take away other young quarterbacks, top two wide receiver options, and the main tenant of their offense, which is running the football with the two guys that they have, and ask a rookie quarterback to go out there and thrive. Like it's just not going to work. And oh, by the way, Saints defense ain't, ain't nothing to, to laugh at. It's a good defense. Right. So yeah. it, it's. It, I don't know what the expectations were. If the expectations were he was going to go out there and drop four, 350 passing yards and four touchdowns on the Saints, well, then, yeah, you're going to be sorely disappointed. But those weren't my expectations. My expectations were, OK, another game on film for Zach. He, he needs to learn how to do this because injuries happen. He's going to not have all these guys uh, all season long. Get through this. Put stuff on film. Be able to look at it in the offseason. That, that, I mean, that was my approach. And, yeah, is it a step backwards from where he was a week ago? Sure. But, again, I, linear progression's not a thing. Like, it got, you don't just get better each and every week. You're going to take steps back, then you're going to take steps forward. You're going to take steps back, you're going to take steps forward. So I'm not freaking out about this. It's obviously not ideal. But, again, I, there's not a lot that can happen the remainder of the season that's going to make me jump ship from the Zach Wilson bandwagon. Nor should it. And I'm glad that you're keeping a
1: level head about it. Yeah. Um... Shad Khan certainly seems to be trying to keep a level head about what's going on in Jacksonville, but man, you can't really feel good about what's going on with Trevor Lawrence right now. Kenya, you You know, Trevor 24, 40, 221 yards, four interceptions, no touchdowns. I think he has, I think it's two touchdown passes and like seven interceptions over the last six or seven weeks for Trevor Lawrence.
0: Well, he's got, yes. He's, he's only thrown one touchdown pass since week eight eight, <laughs> and, and five yeah, interceptions. To be, to be fair, the same yeah.
1: to be fair, he only threw one interceptions since week eight until the game against Tennessee, yeah, in which he four. had four. Whenever yeah. I mean,
0: goals. he, he threw a ton of interceptions early. He had uh, nine interceptions through the first three games. And then he really kind of knocked that out a little bit and settled in and, I mean is it any coincidence that as Urban Meyer's first season gets deeper into it and the reports that we continue to hear coming out of Jacksonville that it all coincides with Trevor Lawrence having the type of performance that he did and you know just really over the last half of the season has not really been very productive at all especially considering some of the more productive games that he had early on
1: so this is, do you remember when we kind of, all the things settled in with what quarterbacks went to what places and we kind of reshuffled our expectations and, and talked about, yeah. you know, this is what we thought about these guys before the draft and seeing what environments they're going into. This is what we think about these guys. This is, this is the worst case scenario realized for Trevor. And if I'm the owner of the team, you can do whatever he wants, right? Like shy you, you own Jacksonville, you can do whatever you want to do you got a golden goose lottery ticket here that I would not double down on this offseason and bring back in 2022 for the sake of continuity. Like we all champion continuity and not just changing to make changes, but I don't know how you can see how this play is regressing, how poor the situation is in Jacksonville and say, yeah, you know what? Like we want to give it another year because you're going to get to like week seven next year at the latest. And you're going to be like, wow, this was a disaster. It's time to move.
2: So I just pulled up for you guys. Sorry, I know that this probably threw you off in the in the studio, but I pulled yeah,
1: well, up. That's, it's good though. I like it.
2: The rookie quarterback situation grades that we gave all of these quarterbacks when they went to their team, and I have Trevor Lawrence's up in front of me right now, and I will just read them to you, and maybe you can very quickly say how you feel about this. But for coaching, Joe, you gave a three point seven five. Kyle, you gave a three for the this quarterback. Is out of a five five point room, scale. Out of a five point scale, uh, QB two room. Joe, you gave a 2. Kyle, you gave a 2.5. For offensive line, Joe, you gave a 4. Kyle, you gave a 3. For run game, Joe, you gave a 4. Kyle, you gave a 3.5. For pass catchers, Joe, you gave a 3.5. Kyle, you gave a 2.5. And for defense, Joe, you gave a 2.5. Kyle, you gave a 2. So total, Joe, you gave a 19.75 out of 30. And Kyle, you gave a 16
1: and a half out of 30. So can you pull up the fi- that final rankings just so we can see where these guys – I know Mac Jones was high, and I know Trey Lance was high for both of us.
2: Yes. Uh, Trevor Lawrence was third for Joe and fourth for you, Kyle. So if you go
0: back to that, because I, I think there's some some good things to dig into with, with Trevor Lawrence. And, and when I think about some of the areas that have changed, right, have things that have shifted right. since we had this conversation back in yeah. July – Well, they no longer have Garner Minshew in that quarterback room. So that would have definitely reduced the quarterback
1: grade. My QB room grade would be lower as well.
0: They don't have Travis Etienne at running back. That would definitely have impacted both run game and pass catchers. They also don't have DJ Chark. They haven't had him all year. And so we're talking about some like critical components of what we, you know, what we did like about Lawrence just not
1: being there and really haven't been there all year and oh by the way Urban Meyer is worse than we ever imagined he would be yeah and you know not knowing what guys are playing in the game and throwing the running backs coach under the bus and somebody told us on Twitter after we had that discussion last week yeah no Bernie Parmelee wasn't made available to comment that week when he said you'll have to ask Bernie Parmelee about why Carlos Hyde is playing over James Robinson it's like well gee whiz Urban it's probably because Carlos Hyde played for you at Ohio State
2: Right. And I I also I didn't bring this up as like a gotcha moment for you guys. I just wanted you guys to see where you guys were beforehand. Um, And I and I if I remember the conversation correctly, I think the two grades that you gave for coaching were very much based on the coordinators, not Urban. And I think you guys were like, listen, this this number definitely goes down if Urban is worse than we think he is and we just think he's meh and that was very much looking at the assistant coaches and the coordinators that they had that you thought would be able to to do well but it clearly feels like it's a disaster down there so uh, if you want any of the other ones I can bring them up but that that's what that's what I got for
1: you no I I just I'd just like you to bring back that final board because I think we were I think this is on the nose for both of us yeah you know I mean Joe and I had Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence flipped um, the dynamics have changed in Chicago for the worse as well. Uh, so Joe was probably on being lower on Chicago's environment for Justin Fields than I was. Uh, and, and Chris, you talked about the situation with the injuries in New York and that being a first year head coach and, and Zach kind of learning the position and not having a veteran in the room at all until they brought in Joe Flacco when Zach got hurt. And I generally think, you know, we, we both consensus had Mac Jones at one. Yeah. Okay, he's the best performing. I like quarter, a lot of the first round yeah. guys. <laughs> yep. By a lot. Um, Trey Lance, his situation oh, Trey was close for both of us. He was within a point of Mac Jones's situation and don't look now, but San Francisco says San Francisco's gotten healthy in their seven and six. They are in the playoffs as of right now. Yeah. Now Trey hasn't been used other than sparingly. (laughs) But I don't think that's a bad thing when you consider what he was coming into the draft. This is how they should be handling him when you have a competent starter in Jimmy Garoppolo who you can win games with right now.
0: Yeah. So would you say it's fair that the Jaguars should say goodbye to Urban Meyer?
1: Yeah, just like you should say goodbye to dull gifts.
0: That's right. Lightbox lab-grown diamonds are the brightest gift of the year using cutting-edge technology and innovative techniques They've cracked the science of sparkle, creating the highest quality lab-grown diamonds you can find at a light price, just $800 per carat. They have the same chemical makeup of natural diamonds, but they're just grown in a lab. And because of that process, they can create stones in bluish pink and beautiful blue as well as classic white. Lightbox lab-grown diamonds are the gift they'll never want to take off, priced so they won't have to. They really do make any outfit sparkle. Visit lightboxjewelry.com to add sparkle to your holiday shopping. That's lightboxjewelry.com. Lightbox diamonds, never a dull moment. I'll say one last thing here on the uh, the rookie quarterbacks this week, and we can talk about fields if you guys want to. I was uh, buried in post game bill stuff, so I didn't see much of that game. But going to hand it to Mac Jones, only 19 less passing yards this week than he had
1: last week, and he didn't
2: even play. You're dumb. Come on, dude. Just take the L and move on. What the hell?
1: No, I. Uh, we'll see if he. Um, we'll see if he gets rookie of the week this week too for Mike Florian.
0: Look, mistake-free football once again.
1: You know, yeah. no, the no game turnovers. It, right. The ball didn't hit the ground this week for Mac right. Jones. Didn't. Didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Listen. Let's talk about ju- let's talk about Justin Fields, and then l- I guess today's gonna be a quarterback show. Yeah,
2: it's fine. Well, yeah. hold on. Can can we just very quickly, uh, Michael Parsons, good at football, and then just yeah, yeah, yeah. G-
1: yeah. get our uh, quota in, nice. and we can move on. Okay, sure. there you yeah Yes, good, good, good player. Um, Ernest Jones too. Sp- speaking of yeah. really good rookie linebackers, my okay. guy Brand also on the, on the list. Ernest Jones also on the list of good at football with the pick that he had on Monday Night Football
2: against the uh, Arizona Cardinals, who are sliding, Chris. They are sl- they're, yeah. they're tumbling. It's it's bad cuz you know Joe got a Joe got a big win last night cuz he has the Rams versus me having the 49ers. That's a big win for Joe last night on Monday night mm-hmm. football cuz the 49ers are getting hot. So he he needs the Rams to get every single one of these and he got one last night. So they are up to how many wins? Believe that is win number 9 for the Rams. Nine? Oh, Chris, you know there's four games left, right? I do. I do understand and that. You know and you're, you're two games back? I'm two back now. We they do play. So I got one in the if if I win that one, that's a huge swing sure. for me. Yeah, it's a huge swing. You, you still need two more. I also need 230 yards for Kyle Pitts, but that's neither here nor there. Yes, that is neither
1: here nor there. Appreciate that. Uh, so yeah, Justin Fields, bring him, bring him to the table to to bring this thing to a close. Um, you know Chicago played an interesting game <laughs> against uh, against Green Bay. They got a little help from special teams. Jakeem Grant, 97 yard punt return for a touchdown. In this contest and in helping them get to 30 points scored. But generally speaking, you know, Justin was a lot of the same things that we've seen from him this season using his legs. He scrambled eight times on dropbacks to extend plays and thought he did a nice job with the two minute offense at the end of the first half to get them down there and, and get some points would have liked to have maybe seen a little bit more aggressiveness to try and get them into the end zone. But I digress. That's neither here nor there. Uh, his final stat line, 18 of 33. So 54 and percent completion, uh 224 yards, passing two passing touchdowns, two interceptions, including one of those, which was a pick six by Rasul Douglas. Any other thoughts? Well, I, I know Joe said you yeah, were you were you yeah. were busy because you got that <laughs> not only was it not a one o'clock game for you, it was it a four o'clock game that went to overtime.
0: Yeah, four twenty-five kick that went to overtime, and obviously, you know, just a a challenging message to deliver, right? You got to find the right tone. So I was kind of buried in that for most of the evening and, and I didn't get a chance to watch a game like I wish I would have.
2: Yeah, uh, I'll say this because I had the game on while I was doing some work in the background and, and it, it just felt like this isn't not necessarily a field's criticism as it is a coaching criticism. Like they just made they had the lead going into halftime and they just didn't make any adjustments. They just they just came out and they're like, oh, we'll just run back what we did in the first half as if that was a recipe for success. Getting a bunch of breaks on special teams is a, is a recipe for winning football games when it's Aaron Rodgers on the other side of you and they didn't make any adjustments. And they just got worked in the second half. And as a, for a rookie quarterback, like I just don't know what he, what Justin Fields could have done.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, the environment there is tough. Obviously, there's a lot of pressure. Aaron Rodgers with the owning of Chicago, and then Robert Quinn, of course, tempted the football gods by mocking the championship belt celebration early right. in the game, which just kind of mm. doomed, doomed them. It was over the at that point. Started, you know, it was over. So. Um, But I I do think it is one thing that is of interest for Justin. And I understand that he is a quarterback who extends plays and likes to use his legs. His average for the season now for time to throw is over three seconds for the entire season. Not just the 3.36 that he averaged on Sunday night football on 33 pass attempts and 43 dropbacks. This is a long time to hold the ball. For an offense that doesn't have a lot of talented offensive linemen. And Allen Robinson is giving you next to nothing. Just so ready to leave Chicago. So you know, in the spirit of what we had discussed about supporting casts, uh, I think we were both probably too ambitious on Justin Fields too as we've seen this thing materialize throughout the course of the season because uh, the environment that he's playing in right now is is disastrous.
0: A lot of these new, these quarterbacks are going to have new situations next year, I'd guess. And,
1: like aggressively new situations. Right. And
0: that's not always been a good thing for second-year quarterbacks, but we'll see.
1: <laughs> I guess the good news for both Chicago and Jacksonville is you have these guys in the building to use as a sell for your hiring process for your coaches, right? Yeah. So do you want to come work with this uberly talented yeah. passer of the ball?
2: Can I very quickly just – Throw cold water on this? Sure. That was the allure of the Jacksonville job in the first place because they had the number one pick and they knew they were taking Trevor Lawrence, and they ended up with Urban Meyer. Well, you need to have good process, and
1: whatever process led to Urban Meyer being hired in the first place, and apparently Shot Khan has had eyes for Urban for forever because he's a legend <laughs> with what he did with the Florida Gators. That was never good process. So I, Chris, I hear you, but like you. You need to have a vetting process and have a vision for once your team what you want your team to be. And chasing the glory days of a decade ago with the Florida Gators, I don't think was necessarily a very good process. We'll see. We will see. Uh, Levy, Levy 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 Levy, right? The Levy. I Grail. never know if it's Levy or Levi. No, it's the Levy Grail. Levy. Le-V- In the spirit of Marv Levy, the Levy Grail is back tomorrow. We had three teams eliminated from the postseason on week 14. We are going to talk about them and how there's sources of optimism with all of these franchises. We will talk about what that looks like, uh, what the optimism should be, what the focus should be for fan bases looking to uh, lick their wounds and get back up on the horse. So that's what you have to look forward to tomorrow. Make sure you don't miss it. Kyle Krabs, Joe Marino, Chris Schubert. Thanks always for listening to the Draft Dudes Podcast.